But we sat down, we got help get organized, and we ended up finding like $2,000 of cash flow in their existing budget that they didn't even know was there. Welcome to The Wayfinder Show with Adam Lacey and Luis Hernandez, where guests discuss the why and how of making changes in their life that led them down a greater, more authentic path or allowed them to level up in some area of their life. Our goal is to dig deep and provide not only knowledge, but actionable advice to help you get from where you are to where you want to be. Come join us and find the way to your dream life. Welcome back to the Wayfinder Show. Adam, you're back. You're settling into South Carolina? I am back. Yeah, we're here. Family's all out here and uh, nice. just just grinding away. How'd it feel to see them, man, after so long? How long were you without them, by the way? Uh, it was probably five or six weeks. Oh, man. It was, I it was tough. Yeah, it was I bet. Tough. Yeah. Wow, so it was good. Been... Yeah, I flew into back into Colorado on a like a Thursday and Got to see them, and and then yeah. we turned around and, and drove back to South Carolina <laughs> on a Saturday. So, well, yeah. we started on a Saturday, got here Monday, but yeah, uh, it's it been it's been a wild Friday ride. Night, man. Yeah, it's been good. Yeah, thanks for coming out. Yeah, and hey, we're back at it. We got here. We got a great guest. Tell us all about him. Yeah, so this is my friend Nate Smith. I've known for a few years through different different I don't even know different ways in real estate and and other things. Him and his wife Bethany founded the Miliari Group, and they're out in in San Diego, California. Um, cat beat San Diego, by the way, man. That's a great place to end up for you. But uh, yeah, Nate, welcome to the show, man. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. It's, I'm excited to be here, and um, I'm looking forward to, to our conversation today. Yeah. So, I mean, if you don't mind, we'd like to start off with just kind of who you are, your background, and then we'd love to get more into to what you're doing to these days and, and and why you're doing it and what's driving you to do it. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Sounds great. So um, my background kind of going, if you go all the way back to the beginning, uh, grew up in a military family. My dad was in the air force. He retired. Um, so I, I followed right in his footsteps right out of high school. I, I joined the fastest way to get on my own. So I uh, got in the military, uh, joined the air force. I was 19 and kind of went down that pathway um, one of my goals, one of my first big goals since I was a kid was I wanted to fly fighters in the military. That was my whole objective in life. In fact, all the way up until I almost accomplished that goal. Um, that's pretty much every decision I made was around accomplishing that goal and got really, really close to it. So I'll get to that point in a second. But anyways, we got, um, joined the military. I met my wife in high school. We ended up getting married. Um, after I joined the military, we were 22, been married for 13 years now, no kids, just a couple, it's a, it's a cat at this point. I used to have a dog. But, um, but yeah, so we got married. And one of the things that we learned early on in our married life was we wanted to do life and business together. We just didn't know what that would look like. And so, but we started with the premonition that, you know what, we don't want to have separate careers where we're, we, I go off and do this over here. She does this thing over here. And then we, whatever's left in the tank, we'll meet up on the weekends and, and try to have something semblance of a life together. Right. So we knew we wanted to do a little bit different than maybe the traditional pathway that at least what we grew up around was doing. And so from a very early on, we were really into thinking about how do we get to that point? Um, that being said, though, we, I was 22 at the time and, and it took, I didn't get to flight. I made it into pilot training with the military. I was 28 when I got to pilot training. So I was going through school. I was doing all that type of stuff. I thought 
you know, at the all ultimately I thought I was gonna go fly for the military and I'll go to the airlines and I'd make and do that thing. Um quickly found out that was not what I wanted to do. But uh but yeah, so I got through flight training and um but this is kind of you know, this part of the story I think is really interesting about, you know, I'm a person of faith. And so seeing how God's worked in my life and moved things around and open doors and closed doors, it's really interesting because I was really focused on becoming a fighter pilot. In fact, I got hired to be a fighter pilot. I was going down that pathway. I was going to get going to go fly A10s out in Maryland, and um, got literally all the way up until literally I I I got I got to taste it. I never got in the A10, but I got I got all the way up to the transition training to go from to get when I took out my pilot wings to actually going into being qualified to go down that pathway. And I didn't make the cut. I ended up washing out of that program. So I ended up still flying for the military. I I'm doing a part time now with the Air National Guard, flying C-130s, which is a blast. I enjoy it. But this all ties back into where we are today, which I'm so grateful for where we are today because it never, it never would have come about if, if, it, if it happened in my perfect way. My perfect way would end up in Maryland, which is on the other side of the country, not California. Um, and because we ended up in California, you know, one, my wife was a lot happier. She loves California and the beaches and the nice weather way more than what Maryland would have provided uh, for us. But, you know, it got us into... Um, ultimately got us into the business we're in now. It got us into, you know, we did some real estate investments. That was a big catalyst into meeting our partners that, through that venture, um, getting us in the business now. You know, we got to get in business with one of my all-time uh, mentors growing up or, you know, throughout our entrepreneur journey, which is Ed Milet, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. And it really just set us up in a way that we never even imagined. But looking, even as hard it was to give up, you know, losing out on that, that dream that I just, literally dreamt about since I was five years old to, to where we are today. It's just interesting to see kind of how, you know, keeping the big picture in mind and, and, you know, how, how things work out. It's, it's been a really cool ride so far. We definitely know we're near where we want to be, but um, it's been an exciting ride so far and we're excited for, you know, where we're, where we're headed. That's awesome. What, uh, what made you decide that you wanted to be, to do, you, as you put it, you put life and business, do life yeah. and business together. So that was well put. Like, yeah. Um, so backstory on how my wife and I met. So we met in high school. Actually, met through a church youth group. I liked her. She did not like me. In fact, I asked her three times to 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 just to date me, and it wasn't until the fourth time that she said yes. Um, and so he's persistent. Yeah, I'm, 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 a, I'm a persistent yeah. and I'm a closer. Um, so <laughs> so so. Anyways, you know. We got so we finally we eventually get married, and I think the biggest thing for us is the way we dated, which is very unusual. Um, we knew each other as friends for a long time, but mm -hmm. we actually started dating was like a month before I went to Afghanistan for six months, and so mm -hmm. we ended up dating over Skype for six months, and we hadn't actually seen each other in person probably for a couple of years at that point. And um, but we got to know each other really well as you know before that just as friends and you know friendly conversations and that level. But then, you know, obviously we started dating a little bit more deeper in conversation, but it forced us to really get to know each other through just conversing, right? We didn't have the in-person in element at all. So we built a really strong bond that way. And then when we finally got married, we just realized we really liked each other and we really liked hanging <laughs> out together. We liked doing things together. And um, I was in the military at the time. So we also knew what it felt like to, you know, for me to be gone and me to come home and that sort of thing. And it was okay temporarily, but we knew long-term that wasn't going to align with the life that we wanted to live. And, um, you know, we wanted to be able to have more options, more flexibility. You know, we don't have kids now, but if we ever have kids, we want to be able to have, be able to create, you know, experiences for them, 
and to be able to have the time to be able to provide that for them. And so we knew that the traditional path was, wasn't going to be what was going to make sense for us. And so um, we started learning, you know, Red Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that was the thing that kicked it all off as it does for most of us, probably. Yeah. Uh, once I learned about the cash flow quadrant, like, okay, this employee quadrant, that takes too long. So let's start figuring out these other quadrants. And and that's what we started looking, start, started doing. And, um, and it's so, you know, we've fortunately been, you know, through a lot of trial and error and, and trying a few different things. Um, you know, I feel like at this point now we are pretty much, we have a very clear plan. We ha- we're in the, we're in the vehicle that we want to be in. And, um, and I think, you know, we're well on our way to, to fulfilling that. And so. So yeah. what would you say that process looked like for you? Just so the, we give the listener an idea, like for the person that's sitting out there and has no idea what the heck they want to do. Uh, yeah. Obviously you said it was trial and error, but were, were there, can you tell us a little bit about how you decided what to try, what you did try and, and what you learned from that process? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the first thing is, is kind of ask yourself, like, what do you want? Like, you know, we started, started high level. I didn't, and I, and I learned, I want a question that someone I learned, I can't remember where I learned it, but it might've been a book or heard someone talk about it is don't ever ask, you know, it's not, it's not whether you can or can't just ask how, like whatever you want to do to say, how could I do that? How could I make that happen? Whether it's realistic or not, doesn't matter. It's, it's asking the right questions. And so we just started thinking about, you know, some of the bigger things we wanted to do. Um, and ultimately the, you know, most of us is just a little more options. But then we started digging into more. What, what do those options look like? Um, so we just, then we said, well, how do we do this? We had no idea. So, um, you know, started finding books. Rich Dad, Poor Dad was the first one. We joined a network marketing business for a couple of years. Um, that was our first introduction to kind of business mentality, kind of thinking outside the box. And like, you know, one of the first books I read in that world was The Magic of Thinking Big. So I was like, wow, like mm-hmm. I could think bigger than, you know, working for the, for the next 40 years and living off of a government pension at, you know, a couple, a few thousand dollars a month, which was the military pathway. And so it just started with books. And then, you know, we got into a network marketing business. That was our first, that was our gateway drug, if you will. Um, and it got us kind of thinking differently. And then, you know, through that pathway, we got introduced to people like Grant Cardone and Ed Milet and just other, and of course, I think we came in an interesting time frame. Like I didn't grow up with social media. We didn't have YouTube and all these things, we tools we have when I when I was growing up, but those were just coming into fruition about the time we were looking into like business and that sort of thing. And so there was a lot more access to seeing what's possible. Um, and so we just started looking and, you know, we went to, I remember one of the first things we did early on, we were living in Florida at the time and uh, a Facebook ad came up for one of Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad Poor Dad seminars. Of course, it was it was free, and then of course they parlay you up, and we bought everything. Um, and so, but that was another thing too. It, we weren't afraid to try things, and we tried to, you know, we we were like, you know what, let's this sounds interesting. Let's go, let's go try it. Let's learn it. Let's see if it it it's something that you know we align with that fits with what we want to do. And if it does, great. We'll go. We'll we'll put we'll pour on the gas. If it's not, we'll. Uh, we'll take what the lessons learned from that and we'll apply it to the next thing and, and keep going. So that, that was kind of our initial pathway into it is just not being afraid to say yes to something. Um, not be afraid to say yes to an opportunity. And, you know, cause if it's not the right opportunity, you don't have to stick with it. You can learn from it. Um, you know, one thing I learned is I've studied other successful people. Usually what made them successful wasn't the first attempt. It was, yeah. you know, several attempts, several iterations, 
even if you started a business from scratch, you know, there's several iterations you go through to, to getting to the overnight success 10 years later. Right. And that's such a good point too. I mean, and so many people worry about failing or what if this is the wrong thing? And, and really it's like, it's not really a failure if you start a business or you, you buy a business or whatever it looks like and it ends up being the wrong fit because you learn something. You can take something from that and apply it to whatever's next in, in line, yep. you know? So love it. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. So what did you ultimately settle on? Uh, so ultimately we ended up in a financial business, the financial industry. Um, honestly, it wasn't something that I ever saw myself getting into, but what kind of we let, what led us into it was um, I just, we just moved to California I had just come off active duty, so no longer was working full-time. I'd finished pilot training and everything. And so um, I intentionally went to the Air National Guard because I could be able to participate and still fly for the military part-time. I do it a couple times a month. But it allowed me to see the opportunity to pursue the other things that my, my wife and I had been talking about up to that point. And so at the time, the main focus was in real estate. And so we started buying some apartment deals. We ended up doing about four deals with a partner. And the problem was, there was a lot of work and no cash flow. The properties were cash flowing, but the cash flow was going back to the properties, building reserves. And so no one, there was no cash flow coming into our bank account that was, you know, putting food on the table and paying bills. And so um, we were looking for, okay, we're like, what are we going to do? We need something flexible. Like going and getting another job wasn't going to solve what we're trying to solve. And so, um, you know, if I had, you know, if I had to get one, I would, I would, I had the guard. I could always go get extra orders. And I, I did that a lot to, um, you know, supplement, but, like we knew we wanted to get into some sort of business. And, and that was about the time we were looking around in the real estate space, the multifamily space, because we had we had bought some coaching and we had gone down that pathway. We thought that was going to be it. You know, like a lot of us who probably have been to those conferences and we left it like, oh, we're gonna have a thousand doors by the end of the first year. And yeah. we're going to be like millionaires. And like, yeah, that didn't work. <laughs> That's not how it works out, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. And so I looked around I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Let's observe a little bit and see what's going on. Okay, everybody has a business. Everybody's making money you know, active income at a high level somewhere else that they're able to parlay into investing and building wealth through real estate. So like, what are we going to do? And um, at the time I had been following Ed Milet for a long time. Um, I heard him speak at a 10X growth conference with Cardone. And I was like, I resonate with that guy. So we followed him a lot. In fact, it was a lot of his, his content that we followed that was huge in, you know, getting us even going and building our, our business mindset, our entrepreneur mindset, um, I think it was a it was a huge catalyst for my wife as as she was the main driver in the real estate businesses that were business that we we're doing at the time, and um, we always knew his how he built his wealth was through the financial industry, and so we're like, well, if, if the opportunity ever presented itself, I want to find I want to learn more about what he what the, where he came from, and it just you know I can't explain you know it, it's, it's I look back and it, I still pinch myself about how it ended up working out you know for us, but. Basically, my wife was running a, a real estate business meetup in in the area that we lived in in California, and a lady came one day and she had a, a tag on her on her on her uh, like a name tag and it said WFG on it, which stands for World Financial Group, which is the company that Ed came through to build where he most of his wealth started from, and then he's parlayed that into a lot of other investments over you know his career, but uh, it all came from that. And so my wife saw that and she put two and two together. I was deployed at the time. So you're just like, okay, whatever. And she never really approached us about, you know, learning more about it. So anyways, my wife ended up running to her again at a Bible study through our church. And she's like, hey, I know you. Weren't you, aren't you part of this business? It's Ed Milet's business. And 
Um, she's like, yeah, yeah, I had my lets associated with us. That's whatever. She's like, okay, still, still nothing. No, no invitation was was extended. Um, and we just found out that there was an office down the like ten minute walk from our apartment. And like, we found out there was a meeting on a Tuesday night. I'm like, hey, let's go check it out. Let's go see what they, <laughs> what this business is all about. And really, just because we were curious. And um, come to find out, we not only did we, I, I fell in love with it right away. I saw, I saw it. They laid it out for me. I'm like, yep, this makes sense. Like it's better than anything else I've ever looked at. You know, let's 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 go. And then I signed up, got licensed, and like two weeks later, I was talking to my my broker, my mentor at the time, and she's like, "Oh, by the way, we're helping launch the Milliard Group with Ed, which is so we're 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 part of the founding members of the Milliard Group. We didn't found the Milliard Group. We we're part oh, of the founding it. members of the Milliard Group, which was founded by Ed." Um, through World Financial Group. And so anyways, long story short, I ended up meeting him two weeks later. Um, most of the time, people start with our company part-time and then they build part-time and then they bridge the gap to go from what they're currently doing to being a full-time entrepreneur. But um, I met Ed, I was like, shook his hand and I shut down everything else I was doing that I could. The only thing I couldn't stop was the military. I have a commitment mm-hmm. there, which I didn't want to quit that anyway, so I enjoy flying. But uh cut everything else out um, and I, I, I went full-time that day. And we were fortunate. We went from being an agent, you know, a producer uh, in the company, to owning our own agency nine months later, and wow. um, and been building it, you know, building it ever since. And uh, we're continuing to grow it. You know, we're growing nationally at this point now, and wow. uh, multiple offices. And so, uh, but yeah, that's kind of how it worked out. We weren't, you know, didn't really see myself necessarily getting into this world necessarily, but the business model made sense. It's kind of like, you know, Adam, you talked about the business you just bought, you know. Um, you find something that makes sense. It's got a platform that's already existing. You got a lot of the pieces already in place. Like I wasn't trying to recreate the wheel. I was like, I have a lifestyle goal. I want to be involved in something that I feel like is giving back and is adding value. And I'm I'm doing something good in the world. Uh, I really feel like, you know, what what we're doing here is that because it's the whole mission is around educating the masses and the majority of Americans that don't get access to financial education because we don't teach in the school system. The traditional financial industry isn't isn't helping the average the average American, which is our marketplace and what we're focused on, on serving. So um, there's a lot of, you know, crusade that I really aligned with and, and the opportunity to build a business that could fuel what we were looking for. So it just came back, I'll go back to, we just kept asking how, 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 until we found the how that made sense to what made sense for us. And that's where we are today. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Um, so without getting too deep into the weeds, can you just tell a little bit about like what exactly... Well, I guess let me back up. Who you're helping in your business and what you're doing for them exactly, just to kind of paint the picture of what you guys do. Sure. Um, I would say, you know, our target market, most of most of our, the people that we're, we're helping is middle income families, established middle income families um, who are just looking for help of getting, you know, helping them organize financially, helping them build a solid, solid financial foundation, and then creating a game plan to get up from where they are now to where they want to be. Um, like, for example, I've been working with a client lately you know, high income earner, but they just didn't, they didn't know what to do. They were living paycheck to paycheck. They shouldn't have been. Um, but we sat down, we got helping it organized. And we ended up finding like $2,000 of cash flow in their existing budget that they didn't even know was there because it was going to other things. And they were and like, you're not really living paycheck to paycheck. We just moved some things around. And then from there, we're able to offer, you know, we're, we're, a, we're, a, we're basically like a financial brokerage. We have access to all tons of providers in uh, in the financial and insurance industry, um, all t- all the top rated ones, and we offer you know various insurance, retirement, 
uh, strategies and, and products to be able to help help our clients save, protect, and grow their money. So um, also do a lot. You know, we talk about the baby boomer generation and the, the wealth transfer we're experiencing. So, you know, yeah. for example, Adam, you buy a business from somebody and this, 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 you know, retiree couple has a bunch of money sitting around and they want to, you know, create a pension or they want to protect that money and, and, um, and, you know, make sure they're set up well for the rest of their life. We can do a lot, we do a lot of wealth protection planning, legacy planning. Um, we can facilitate, you know, you know, the state planning, wills and trusts, that sort of thing too. So really full service across the board. Um, but yeah, I would say the two target markets we're spending most of our time in and most of the people we're helping is kind of those established middle income families trying to get, you know, out of the, out of the rat race, if you will. And then also those that are um, getting close to retirement want to make sure that they, you know, they, they don't run out of money in retirement, which is one of the biggest concerns that baby boomers have these days is because people are living a lot longer these days. There's so many concerns that don't get talked about. We're, we're just helping bring awareness to those areas and, and figuring out how we can help them create a game plan to mitigate some of those risks that people face. Hmm. Your uh, middle market folks, do they uh, do they tend to be like self-employed entrepreneurs or corporate folks, or is there really no um, niche all, there? All, all, all examples. I mean, um, you know, I definitely, I mean, have definitely have people that are on more entrepreneurs, self-employed, you know, um, self-employed, especially because we don't have any sort of retirement plan in yeah. place, you know, at least if you're in corporate America, you know, they give you, a, they give you something, um, right. you know, to, to utilize. Uh, so yeah, definitely helping a lot of self-employed people too, is just figuring out, you know, the biggest mistake I see in that world is so many times, oftentimes you're just investing everything back into your business. You're not putting anything anything at all, a way to set yourself up for an exit plan. And yeah. so, you know, those types of clients I'm talking about, Hey, what's the, what's the end goal? I'm a big, I'm a big believer in whatever you start, start, have an end in mind. It may change along the way, but right. have an idea of what the end is. Otherwise you're going to end up, you know, stuck in the rat race of, you know, the self-employed rat race, which is, you know, working 80 hours a week for yourself instead of 40 hours a week for somebody else mm -hmm. and making the same or less or maybe more money. But. Mm -hmm. Well, Adam could be their uh, exit strategy there. He'll come in and buy. There you go. Adam's coming in and buying the businesses. He's helping them. <laughs> and then I can come in the back end and help him make sure that, you know, they don't run out of the money doesn't run out. That's yeah, right. That's I'll take all the help I can get for sure. Yeah. So uh, just real quick, well, you mentioned insurance policies. I mean, mm -hmm. obviously, you know, you're not peddling car insurance for State Farm, right? Like what what, what types of products are you providing in the insurance world? Yeah, so all all life insurance based solutions. So um, you know the permanent, all the permanent insurance, term insurance, um, annuity, you know annuities, which are geared more for protecting retirement savings um, and helping people not run out of money when they retire, and then legacy planning too. But I would say the two, the, the three main specific product lines that we're we're offering um, that, that fits into people's strategies are going to be you know your life insurance and then your retirement solutions with with annuity planning. Um, those are the two, two bread and butter things that we're, we're offering. Very cool. And I imagine infinite banking kind of whole life policies yeah, comes can, into play a little bit or. Yeah, we, yeah, we can set up, you know, those types of plans that will, will allow you to do those types of strategies. Cool. What exactly is infinite banking? <laughs> There's a topic. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I find in the industry, there's a lot of marketing terms. That yeah. are out there that describe this to make it sound like it's something amazing and crazy. Um, it's all it is, is it's just, it's, I look at it as insurance as a vehicle, which you can store capital into, and you can use that capital for whatever you want to use it for along the way. 
and all, depending on how it's structured determines how much access you have, how fast you have access to it. But it's just the ability to put money somewhere that's going to earn better return than sitting at the bank. That's still liquid and you have access and you can leverage it for other opportunities that may come up in your future. So, you know, oftentimes we're talking about leveraging it to buy assets like real estate and that sort of thing. Um, they use the word banking because you're technically borrowing against your, your policy, which I don't want to go down that rabbit trail of what that means, but it's not like traditional borrowing. You're usually paying very low, if not 0% um, in some cases on it. It's just a way to get it tax-free. It's the same, same mentality of if I own a real estate property and I want to get my equity out and I want to pay taxes on it, I can refinance it or take a line of credit against it. Same thing against my insurance contract is I have, a, I have equity. I'm taking a line of credit against it and deploy that line of credit to do other things. So, um, so yeah, that's at the end of the day, that's all it is. It's there's tons of marketing terms, you know, infinite banking, casual banking. I mean, it's just terms to, you know, market an idea, but, but yeah, okay. I, I, I can't set up those types of plans. Um, for sure. Okay. So what would you call it? What would be a non-marketing term for it? Max funded cash value life insurance. Max funded. Yep. What is that second part? Cash value life insurance. Look, it's the goal is to have the least amount of life insurance the IRS will legally let you have based on your age and how much money you want to put into it. And that's completely customized to the individual. Um, I've seen plans set up where someone's only doing 500 bucks a month. I've seen people put six figures a year, even seven figures a year into these types of plans. And obviously, <laughs> the more money you put in, the more insurance you need to be able to create that, that tax shelter that the IRS has created. Okay. Very cool. Now, um, so we kind of glossed over something I'd like to get back into. You you mentioned meeting Ed Milet and, and being involved in, in the same mm. company. And, and you also had access to him can you speak yeah. a little bit about your your time and relationship sure. with Ed? yeah it's um it was it just fortunate right right place right time right this goes back to my my mentality of of don't say no unless you really have a good reason to say no because you never know where that yes will lead you to um and so this was an opportunity where i just i said yes before i even knew i was going to have a chance to meet him. i did not know that after when i when i signed up to start my business that i was coming in basically right under Ed. I had no idea. Um, I found out after I had already said yes to the business. So I was already bought into the business model, but of what I was going to do. But yeah, it it worked out. We were we came in on the ground floor of the Milliard group. They didn't even officially like said it yet at that point, but I just came in under the group that was launching it. And, um, and so yeah, that first year was crazy. So I started end of 2019, which we all know what happened right, <laughs> right the next year, right? The world shut down. Um, and so at that time, we went from doing, you know, very in-person, you know, working, you know, client servicing, everything we did was in-person. And so um, obviously with COVID, that completely changed everything. And now you couldn't meet in person. And so we went to a very virtual model. So I basically, I, I decided, you know, I was like, I'm going to, I wanted his attention, of course. And so um, I just worked really hard on all the technology. I was running all of the Zoom meetings that we were doing, um, to all the marketing efforts we were putting forth. Um, and so it just, it just really worked really hard on that side, but also built my business simultaneously. So I was building my agency, but I was also helping facilitate just the overall growth of the Milliard group at the time. And that ultimately got his attention. And, um, you know, we fortunately got a couple of meetings with him. Uh, I got to fly on his jet once. That was pretty cool. That was a bit, that was, that was pretty oh, nice. Um, did you and, get to fly it? 
I didn't know. I, I don't want to fly. I want to sit in the back and get glean all the knowledge I could get. Um, yeah, no, good from him. But but no, it, it it was cool. Yeah, so we got to know each other pretty well. Um, he's he's an amazing human being in all capacity. I mean, obviously, you know, we we all, all of us see him um, on stage and we see him on his podcast and you know, what he puts out with his books. I got his book right behind me. Um, yeah, but. But no, he's he's an amazing human being. He's he's the real deal in person, just like what you see from stage. And uh, yeah, it's, you know, we've been fortunate to to get to know him a little bit. And and uh, he's he's definitely a, a significant mentor for us in our business because you know we're building our business under him. He overrides me. He, I mean, it's not much. You know, I, I think I think you know what I my my revenue that I help produce for accounts for like point zero zero one percent of his of his monthly cash flow, but it's enough. It's enough. So, <laughs> yeah. No, but good for you to recognize, you know, the opportunity there and, and to say yes and do, you know, all the grunt work for him. I mean, that yeah. proximity just gave you, yeah. you know, That's... access to just, you know, an amazing person that helped you really elevate your yourself and your business. Yeah. And it's yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of people that had the same opportunity that I had that that didn't right. take advantage of it. I was like, right. I don't care. I mean, I, I yeah. it, it checked the boxes. It was moral. It was ethical. I knew I was doing. I knew what we're doing was a good thing for the consumer. Uh, so all the all the correct boxes were checked to you know to make sure that I was doing something that was good. And I was like, you know, the opportunity to to have act to get mentored by someone like that. I was like, yeah, that I'm going to do whatever it takes. So can you? Go over that that again. The 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 list of your check boxes of what. Yeah. What so it, you know, when I'm looking at when I'm looking at an opportunity, no matter what it is, um, you know, I want to make sure it's moral. I want to make sure it's ethical, legal. Um, you know, it's and it's, and it's something that is is, you know, on it's it's not it's honest and that's something that's actually of value to to who I'm whoever whatever my whatever my service that I'm doing is actually providing to somebody. And so. Um, you know, I don't want to get involved in the business that I don't believe in and, and something that doesn't, you know, I don't feel passionate about helping, you know, help, you know, passionate about. And so, um, it checked those boxes for me and then, and then, you know, cause if it didn't check those boxes, I don't know if I would be, I don't know if I could have, you know, if, if I could have had the, the drive and determination to put the effort into, to build the business to just for the chance to get mentored by it, if it, you yeah. know, it, all those other boxes were checked first. And then the decision was made to, 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 you know, do whatever it takes. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a great, you know, buy box basically. And that's a good one to have there. You know, it's, it lets you look at a lot of different opportunities, but the criteria is, uh, you know, is, is great. I mean, it drives with your values as opposed Mm -hmm. to, you know, what the actual business is. Right. And so it's like a value-based criteria. It's great. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we're getting to that point, I guess, where we'd like to ask, uh, you know, the Wayfinder for. Awesome. So, uh, Nate, what is a, what is a hack? What's a hack? Um, well, I'll give you a hack from my business. So I run a lot of virtual meetings and a, a you say like app software routine. So a software that I love to use um, on my calls is I found this app called Fathom. And what it does is, not only does it record my meetings, but it transcribes it all for me without me doing anything. And huh. so I'm able to go back. Even It'll even uh, break it up into like when I'm talking versus when someone else is talking, it captures when I ask a question and it breaks it all down so I can go back and I can utilize that tool to create tons of content around. Um, 
So that's been probably, that's a really cool tool that I, a software that I use um, all the time to help me um, create content and, and keep track of just data. Cause sometimes, you know, you have a conversation with somebody and you're trying to write things down, but um, sometimes you forget to write things down and there you can just go through and just say, Hey, I remember I asked that question, but I can't remember the answer. I missed something. I can go back and I can find that direct answer a question I asked and then see the answer that was well stated and then have all the data. So I, I love that. That's a tool. That's a cool tool that I've been using. And it's been very beneficial for. Um, very cool. You said it's called Fathom. Anybody, it's called Fathom. So yeah, anybody who's running Zoom meetings and you're wanting to capture, uh, if you're doing you know podcasts or anything that you wanted to capture all of it and have it all transcribed uh, all on the spot, uh, it's a great, great tool. Okay. Thank you. I have to look into that, Lou. Yeah, for sure. All right. Now name a favorite. This could be a, a, a band, a book, a movie, a podcast, what have you. Uh, <laughs> uh, favorite movie is Maverick Top Gun. Uh, nice. That makes sense. <laughs> I've watched yeah. that movie. I mean, I don't know. I've, I've probably watched it once a quarter. Um, it's so many <laughs> great entrepreneurs, so many great entrepreneurial uh, things you could take from that movie too. So, um, so I, I have business reasons to watch it, but no, that that's definitely a favorite movie. Um, cool. Probably my two top, I would say my two top favorite books uh, overall, if I'm just, if I have someone's asked me, Hey, uh, what are two books you could recommend to, for mindset business other than the classic rich dad, poor dad, it's gotta be the 10 X rule with Grant Cardone and the power of one more with Ed Milet. Um 10 X rule changed everything for me as far as thinking the right mindset, as far as what it takes to be successful. Cause it always takes 10 times the effort than you think it's going to take. Like for example, the story of oh, I'm at a thousand units by the end of the first year it takes 10 times the effort that you think it's going to take. And then, um, obviously, I got to, I got to, I got to shout out Ed's book just because it's. I've read that book multiple times, um, and it's been a huge, huge influence on what I've done. So, yeah, those would be, those would be some favorites. Yeah, those are both great, and yeah, I, I read Ed's right after it came out. The, the new, nice. what is it called? The, yeah, the Power of One More. Um, Power of One More. Yep. Phenomenal book, man. I loved it. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, I got to, I got to read that one. But I have read a uh, 10x rule. Nice. That, yeah, that one up. He's intense, man. He always motivates you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So what's uh, something you tell your 25-year-old self? Hmm. Um, be more. So I would say, so one thing, one thing I'm, I'm glad that I did is I took a lot of action, but some of those actions weren't thought through well enough. So I think the biggest thing is, is taking a little bit more time to think through big decisions. Um, one big decision that I made on the spot you know, ultimately as a catalyst, right? I don't regret any, any of the choices that I made business-wise, but like, for example, I dropped 30 grand on Rich Dad, Poor Dad training and coaching. I wish I could, if I could have gone back, I would have taken a little more time to think through that because at the time <laughs> it did not make sense because, and the reason I say this is, does it align with the goals that you're at right now? It did align with a future goal, but I knew there was no negotiating the fact that I was not going to quit going after getting into flight training for the military, for the Air Force. And so I was nowhere near that at that point. So to invest into something like that at that time was probably not the best decision. So I think yeah. just going back, it's just, you know, taking the time to, you know, I'm a, I'm a big believer in, in making decisions quickly, but also having a system of how you make a decision. So I would just say like, I go back in time, I would just say, you know, think through your decisions a little bit more clearly, especially those big ones. Um, that, that's probably the biggest one. And read more yeah. books, learn more, learn faster. <laughs> Well, it sounds like you learned, I mean, but developing like a criteria, yeah. you know, for your decisions around which businesses to get involved with. Right. So but it was that, it was that, it was that 
I won't call it a mistake. But it was that just that quick decision that you know put us into some decks? We wouldn't, you know, that, that wasn't thirty grand I had sitting in the bank, right? Yeah. So, but that created that forced me like, oh crap, that was a lesson, and that lesson led into okay, future decisions. I need to think through this a little bit more clearly of what I'm actually going to put behind this decision um, before I make it. So, you know, a lesson was learned, and and I've applied that moving forward. So, but yeah, that would be that'd be a lesson I would, I would say. Cool. All right. Now, what do you think holds people back from being happy? Not living to their potential, not doing, you know, settling for what society tells you versus what you believe you were created for. I think, you know, um, you know, I, I would be miserable if I settled for the for just settled for just staying in the military for 24 years and retiring. Uh, some people like that. It's fine. But I think majority of it just comes down to you're not living up to your potential of what of what you're capable of. And I know I'm definitely happiest when I am in in that mode, and when and when I'm least happy, it's usually the times when I'm I'm not I'm not doing those things that are living up to my potential. Yeah, excellent. Couldn't agree more, man. So, if people want to learn a little more about you and Bethany, the cash flow couple, and then the Miliari group, where where should they go find more Nate Smith? Yeah, the best place to find me um, mostly on Instagram uh, at the Real Nate Smith. I'm also Real Nate Smith on LinkedIn if you want to connect me more professionally. But most of what you're going to find of content-wise publicly is going to be on on um, Instagram at the Real Nate Smith. Excellent. Yeah, and then from well, there, you I have my link tree on there. You can you can connect me. You know that that will lead you down the pathway to you know, getting a hold of me a bit more directly. Thank you. So. Yeah, we'll be connecting with you after this episode. Awesome. Sounds great. So, uh, Nate, man, thank you so much. First of all, but we can backtrack a little bit. I really want to thank you for your service uh, to our country. So yeah. um, definitely need sure. to recognize that. Thank you very much. And also thank you for being uh, on the show today. You provide a lot of value and you you continue to do that in your work and in your way of being in life. So uh, in the show. So thanks a lot. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for having me on. I really appreciate the opportunity. And uh, hopefully we provided some good value for your listeners. Yeah, man. I think you did. We hope you've enjoyed the Wayfinder show. If you got value from this episode, please take a few seconds to leave us a five-star rating and review. This will allow us to help more people find their way to live more authentic and exciting lives. We'll catch you on the next episode.